Hi, welcome to Caring Support uh, in our latest edition of our podcast. Today we have a really amazing guest. Uh, she's based in the US. She's a phenomenal person, tremendous attitude, and the most coolest glasses I think I've seen in a long time. So this is the lovely Ernest Williams. I wonder, Anisk, if you could do me a favor and just maybe do a, a sort of a quick introduction of yourself, please. Yes, yeah, so my name is Ernest Williams. I am a nurse and a lawyer. I've been a nurse for over, oh my goodness, 14, 15 years, and I've been a lawyer for half of that time. Um, but I primarily practice as a nurse in the US, um, caring for patients all the way from you know hospice, end of life, um, to surgery, to outpatient care. Um, and then through the pandemic, I decided I wanted to relaunch my law practice, specifically working with nurses and nurse practitioners who were opening up all types of healthcare related businesses. And that really took off because a lot of people are opening up businesses. Um, and so it's just been a really good journey to just spread a lot of education and to provide support and to kind of build that bridge for nurses who are getting into entrepreneurship. Oh, that's fascinating. And that's amazing. So, you know, I understand some of the background and what you just said was amazing. So, you know, as you know, we have some questions and I and so and I apologize if I didn't know some of these things before, but certainly this is for our audience and they need to get to know what an amazing human being you are and the incredible stuff you're doing in healthcare and, of course, in the law side of things as it relates to it. So I OK, so what came first in your life? Was mm -hmm. it the love of healthcare or was it the law? Yeah, so being a nurse was something that I always dreamed of. I, I worked around and lived and grew up around uh, my grandparents who were sickly. So I was always around, you know, nurses and doctors. And I feel like back then it wasn't as um, rushed of a process where you could actually spend time with your physician and get to know your physician and they knew your entire family. Um, and that was the experience that I wanted to provide for other patients as well. But then I got into healthcare and I realized it wasn't that intimate that many times you have a very short period of time caring for your patients. Um, and I quickly decided I wanted to just have another option. So I went to law school three years in. Um, that took another three years, but I stayed in healthcare. And when I graduated, I had a hard time really trying to get people to understand the value of nursing outside of the hospital setting. People understand that nurses care for patients, nurses take care of patients, but they don't understand that nurses are a part of the technology world now, that nurses um, essentially are specialized in so many different things inside of healthcare systems, as well as in community health. And they just couldn't understand like, and why would a nurse become a lawyer? That's what they would say in my interviews. Or, you know, what kind of value do you bring with your background? And I'm just like, I am, you know, uh, uh, task oriented. I can do multitask in a very high pressured environment. Um, especially these things are not necessarily life or death on the legal side, but in, in my old job it was. And people really had a hard time understanding that. And so I got tired of trying to prove myself and I just ended up just staying in healthcare a few years longer than I expected. And then of course the pandemic did what pandemics do and it shook a lot of people up and it shook me up. And I said, okay, if this is, if my life ended tomorrow, would I be happy about what I was doing? And although I'm always proud to be a nurse and I'm a nurse at heart, I knew that I had more things that I could do, especially with my background. So that's kind of how I reemerged back into the legal world, even though I've had my, uh, my license for about seven years. Oh. That's amazing. And good for you. I really love the point about, you know, if I die tomorrow, like, you know, would I be happy? Because, you know, I love to network in my in, a, in my community and, you know, and so do some of the people on our team, too. Like we're we're a purpose driven organization and do so many amazing things to help our clients. But the truth of the matter is, is 
when you would do that, I couldn't get over the number of people that would come to me and say, oh, man, you know, I'm really glad this is on, on its way out, I hope, because I just can't wait for things to go back to the way they used to be. And, and I would stand there and say, I know what you mean, but do you really want that? You know, because I'd like to believe the pandemic taught us stuff. Mm -hmm. The question is, is were we listening mm -hmm. and did we apply it? Uh, and then once we've applied it and improved ourselves as a human being, how do we take those lessons we've applied and help other people? Mm -hmm. So absolutely. And, and I love what you said. That's great. So now the question is, is how have you been able to combine these two fields? Yet they seem so different from one another at first glance. Yeah. So everything in healthcare is heavily regulated. Um, I think that we as healthcare practitioners only see the clinical side of what we do, but everything we do is essentially approved or not approved by a government agency, by um, all types of regulators who essentially HIPAA, OSHA, you know, the federal government has their hands on everything that we do, how we care for our patients, what happens to our patients when they leave the hospital, um, how we interact and communicate with each other, right? How do we get access to information from one provider to the next. All of that is heavily regulated, but clinicians don't understand the law and um, those who are creating the regulations don't understand what clinicians really do. And there has to be a voice in between that that kind of bridges it without it necessarily being um, always at the head. So many times when issues are fixed in healthcare, it's because there's a, a huge issue like the pandemic and now we're trying to go back and fix a solution where I'm telling people we don't have to wait until we're at that um, boiling point that we can actually do a lot of pro proactive and preventative of advocacy to have conversations with um, regulators and government agencies to let them know what it's really like to care for patients. And so I have served initially as an educator. So I got on social media educating healthcare providers on systems. What is happening outside of your unit? What is happening outside of your hospital, What outside of your town? To get people to start thinking a little bit more bigger and systematically. And then as those people started to say, hey, I'm tired, I'm burned out, I want to get out of uh, direct patient care, but I still want to have um, some type of healthcare business, helping them understand the regulations, the scope of practice, how they can protect their license, how they can protect their practice and their patients and bridging that gap for them because they would go talk to lawyers who understood business um, and understood the law, but didn't understand what a nurse practitioner was. They didn't understand what a CRNA was. They didn't know, understand scope of practice and the risk and liabilities that came with that. And so people were left with unanswered questions, which can be super risky for patients. And so being able to bridge that gap and provide information and resources, consultations, and sometimes compliance and legal resources for those clients has kind of been what my practice has been built off of. Yeah, that's amazing. That's good for you. Well, and you kind of almost stole my next question. So mm -hmm. that's great segue into that is, is really being that you do have your own law office and specializing in healthcare, right? So, you know, what are those most common cases that you would say you work on? Yeah, so a lot of people initially just want their questions answered. So I, I do a lot of consultations, 30-minute consultations with clients, just helping them understand the lay of the land. I am a nurse looking to get into business. What do I need to do from something as simple as opening up a business bank account and getting all the documentation in order all the way to the types of services that they can provide in their state based on the regulations. And so providing that foundational support. 
then some clients decide, okay, I know what I know, but I have a lot of things that I don't know. I need some additional support. And so there are a few different ways that people kind of work with me. Either they come on and they get access to all of these tools and resources that I created so that they can be successful in business, protect their business, protect their patients, protect their license. Um, or they come on and then they do some consulting with me where I help them bridge the gap in their lack of education. And so um, a lot of my clients are essentially well-seasoned healthcare practitioners who just don't understand business and entrepreneurship and don't really know where to go. Um, I feel like the business world is it's, it's, it's a monster. And if you kind of go into it, you can get easily overwhelmed. Entrepreneurship is a whole nother beast that getting into it, it can be um, extremely overwhelming. You're getting information from every different person on social media, online, all of these different places. And sometimes people just need a little bit enough to kind of get them to the next phase until they can kind of take on more. And so um, most of my clients are nurses and nurse practitioners. I do have a few health um, providers. So essentially physicians who are also working with me. And then I work with a couple of healthcare tech companies as they begin to expand into different states and really kind of understanding the regulations on that end. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and, you know, it, it kind of reminds me, I was talking to a dentist a while back in my community and and, you know, he was like, wow, you know, I had no idea about different things because when they go into it, they could be the best dentist ever. But that doesn't mean they're a great entrepreneur. That doesn't mean they're a great business person. That doesn't mean that they understand what needs to be done, what needs to be done next. And there's so much to it. It's not just like the law and, and the policies and everything that you have to be mindful. This is where you really come into play, which is amazing yeah. because that is so critical. Yeah. But then even when you get that done, there's marketing, there's all these things like, how do I promote my business? What's the best practice? What's the best ideas? Like, how do I, you know, at what point in time do I bring in help to assist me yeah. with these things? And, mm -hmm. and no, I totally get it. So, you know, you, you, you kind of touched on this, but based on your experience, then what would you say are the most frequent, you know, issues, questions that you have as they start their own businesses, whether it's clinics, private practices, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. So most people come in and just want to know, what can I do with the license that I have? And then for those who are advanced practitioners, so nurse practitioners and physicians, they want to know what they can delegate because they can't do it all on their own. And so right. they're trying to find those, the, the clarity in these quote unquote gray areas that are just not well explained. Um, I feel like here in the U.S., things can be very murky in areas that are profitable because the more people that get into it, then the less profitable it is for those who are actually in it. And there is... Um, just a lot of regulations that may not be necessary or just outdated, but they haven't removed them. And so you still kind of have to adhere by, to them. And so that's kind of where I come in to provide that clarity. And even if we don't have a specific answer, we then begin to put things in place to make sure that if any issues ever arise, that you kind of have a plan. Um, and then on the other side of that, it is like, when do I bring in marketing? And so we talk about how do you build awareness to your practice? Um, how do you not burn yourself out? If you're leaving a situation where you're already burned out, you're going to get an entrepreneurship and it's going to burn you out as well because it's even more work because you're doing everything versus just collecting a paycheck and showing up three days a week. And then we talk about like, what do you know? And then what you don't know? And that's where you hire. Um, you know, I tell my clients, knowledge is powerful, but sometimes you can't learn it all. You can't take on all that information. One thing that healthcare providers are not good at is trying to figure out how to make money. 
like they're good at what they do, but they don't understand the operational cost that goes into it. And so I'm like, okay, if you're charging this much, how many people do you need to see? If you need to see 700 people to make $10,000, you're not going to be able to make that number ever. And so that's something that's difficult. And I think now in our, in the tech world, it's all about systems, automations, and workflows. Like how do you make this as easy as possible so that people can get access to what you have? Yeah, I I agree. And and sorry, I keep wiping my eye. I think I'm fighting some allergies. Um, But, you know, it's interesting. It's a very um, that I I really like what you said there. And and part of that is the fact that I I look at it from our business. We we created an innovative job matchup platform and and it's jobs to streamline the whole hiring process. So we have success story of success story of people who have been able to uh, find tremendous talent in such a short period of time, like hiring people in days, sometimes even hours, as opposed to weeks. And so when I say to people now, I want you to think about the costs associated with that, mm-hmm. the time to hire. Mm-hmm. And when was the last time you looked at your turnover costs? And usually you get a blank stare because people are like, yeah, I haven't really done that. Well, and then when you really sit down with them and you start thinking about some of these things, like really alienating to them, here's the stuff that transpires. All of a sudden they go, oh my God, they yeah. realize, you know, because everyone is so caught up in what they're doing. Yes. And they're they're just, you know, they bang, bang, bang. And every so often, even as hard as it is, but sometimes you got to step back and say, mm-hmm. no, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Am I working smarter or I'm just working harder? Yeah. Right? So for for us, I know like for me personally, when wanting to start our own business and then Joseph, who's our president and CEO and great guy and we're best friends and he reached out to me and said, I got this great idea. I'd like to build it with you. And we started bringing other people into and and I was like, you know what? You want to you want to have your own business where you can really run the show, where I can be a great leader. I like, I like to be a great leader. I hope I am. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, I'm going to lead by example all day. Yeah. I'm going to do all those things that are so important because it's all part of your integrity. And if everyone's going to believe in you, they need to see that you're willing to do it too. Yes. And, you know, the truth is, and you look at the Laura that you've met that helped set up this call. She's been unbelievable on our team. We love her so much because she always brings value. She's mm-hmm. always, you know, ready to be in there and work. But guess what? It is work. And to succeed, you you really have to leverage everything that says okay if this is going to take too long why don't i just ask for help mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. why don't i just leverage the internal team why don't we you know have that conversation and say hey listen this is kind of a problem you know no one's here to, the people shouldn't be there to judge they should be yeah. there to say how do we help each other mm-hmm. right yeah so now what's your recommendations mm-hmm. for healthcare workers that want to go on their own because let's be honest why people don't do most of the things they do is fear and the fear then starts to manifest itself in the way of excuses like i'm not smart enough i'm not good enough i don't have enough education i don't have enough money i don't have enough time mm-hmm. time is what you hear all the time mm-hmm. and you know you hear all these things so from your point of view what would you recommend for for people to make that step towards entrepreneurship yeah i tell people to go to the library and get some books because what I feel that it's happening is that everyone's getting their information from social media, which is short form and it's not comprehensive and it's not giving people a long-term or long-form strategy. So you'll hear someone's strategy that they explain in a 15 second video or a 30 second video or a five minute video, but that doesn't really go into all of the details. And I tell people, get a book, pick a strategy, 
use the whole strategy and not just a little piece of it. And if it doesn't work, then pivot. But if you take a thousand pieces of information and try to put it all together, you're going to find your business in disarray. Um, and I think that's hard for people to actually sit down and go pick up a book and find some time to dig into what it is that they're seeking to do. There's so much quality information about starting a business, about growing a business, scaling a business, finding clients, all of the things that people have questions about, but people don't necessarily want to spend their time doing the research before they take that next step. I see people who are $10,000, dollars $20,000 in, and then they're saying, well, I don't even know how I'm going to get my first customer. And I'm like, well, how far, how did you get this far? How did you spend thousands of thousands of dollars on training? So I tell people that because once you are confident at the things that you can do and the things that you know, nobody can sell you on something that you don't need. Uh, and there are things that you need in business. There are some resources and there's some amazing tools and some amazing projects that are out there essentially helping business owners do it better. But then you can't use every system. You can't use ClickUp and Asana. And, the, and you know, you can't use it all just because you feel like that's what everyone is using to build a better business. And I think that when you have good companies who have good integrity, that's what you're looking for. But when you're rushed, you don't have the time to find that. Yeah, I, I think what's tied with this is 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 focus. It's it's really sitting down and saying, okay, I can't be caught up by this side stuff. Like, you know, yes. let's say that someone is an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and says, oh, I do this and I do that. Now I, that mm -hmm. means I think that's what I should do. Well, mm -hmm. you don't really know if that's, and that might be successful for them, but not for you. Yes. You have to determine what do I need? What what am I great at? What if, What is the, the best way? You know what I mean? And then like you say, you sit down and you start to devise that. So we don't do enough reading. I love to read, mm -hmm. okay? And I tell people, let me ask you something. You could be thousands of dollars in, like you said, Renice. And but I said, if I gave you a book that saved you five years of grief and it only cost thirty dollars, would that be the best thirty dollars you spent? Yes. Yeah. And they said, Well, I don't have time to read. Well, do you think maybe there's an audio book of it? Do you think it's possible this same person, especially if they're well known, might be on YouTube or someplace mm -hmm. doing videos? Like I, I, you know, don't give me excuses, man. There's gotta be a way that you can get that information the yes. way that you best assimilate it, that, mm -hmm. that you understand it. Maybe it's in a power of video. Maybe it is an audio book in my car and I'm listening to this while I'm driving. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I go, that's a great idea. Now, you know, okay, so stop or whatever that you got to do or next time you down, obviously don't be writing, texting, yes. whatever. <laughs> yeah. but, and then stop and say, okay, that's a great note. I'm going to, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to, you know what I mean? And then, but you know what, what they can do instead is they can just call you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but okay. So, uh, that's kind of my last question, but, uh, yeah. you know, we certainly can talk beyond that. Mm -hmm. Uh, is there anything you'd want all healthcare work workers that's listening to this podcast to know? Yeah, I always tell people that nurses and even other healthcare providers are amazing business owners. We have all the skills, we operate them in them daily by the tasks that we do, caring for others, thinking about what's most important to other people, figuring out solutions that are cost effective. We are the hackers uh, of the hospital trying to make things work and tie things together for other people. And you can do that in business, but you just have to understand, just shift your perspective. 
because instead of necessarily caring for a patient or in the traditional sense, you're caring for them, but you're also taking in a lot of other factors as well. Um, and even when people come to me, I still refer them to books. I'll say, hey, you need to read this, this marketing book. You need to read this because right, it's, right. It's, a, it's a confidence builder. I can tell you anything and yes, it may work, but there's something about when you know it for yourself, how powerful that is. Um, and so I, I want people to stop making excuses, I guess, that you don't know enough or you can't learn it or you're, you know, you didn't have a business major. Most people who are business owners didn't go to business school. Um, they're essentially people who just had an idea and were gutsy enough to go after it. And so I really encourage people to just try, start small, don't leave your job until you know you have an income that you can essentially replace it. But start actually applying the skills that you use every single day into a business and potentially you'll be able to see kind of um, just a different outlook and perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And that's awesome. It, you know, what's interesting, Anise, is, and, and we work with a lot of people such as your brilliant people such as yourself who are doing incredible things, helping people in healthcare and helping people to understand that that it, you could be more empowered and then really start to to figure out your trajectory, where you're going in your life mm-hmm. and build a success that's not just about money and yeah. fame and all these things. It's, it's about finding out who you are at the core mm-hmm. and then just being happy with that. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, for instance, we deal with this amazing woman that's that's up in our region of Canada that has an Instagram following approaching 300,000. Mm-hmm. And she's a nurse in a hospital, but she has a business on the side that's done really phenomenally well. Uh, and it's all about creating these cool study card things that helps up and coming nurses because there's so much that that's going on. There's so much to learn. Mm-hmm. And she's like, OK, use these study cards to help you as you, you know what I mean? Go along saying bang, 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 straight to the point, covering the salient points that matter. And you're like, you know, that's a great idea. Nobody's doing it. Mm-hmm. But guess what? When she first started, she did the same thing. She went to to lawyers and other and said, OK, what, what am I allowed to do? What can I do? What's going to cross a, a thing over here? Are they kind of doing this? It's just for her to understand. I have this idea and I really need to know if it, if it can really develop into something amazing and nothing's going to hold me back. Yeah. So she went out and actually did it. And then she built this practice. But you talk to a person like this now and they're going to tell you, well, yes, it was a lot of work. And no one's ever going to uh, tell you that it's going to be easy. Mm-hmm. What they're going to tell you is it'll be worth it. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the truth is, um, Anise, what I love that you're doing is is you're straightforward on what you're doing. You know what you're all about. You figured that out on your own and good for you. And, you know, and I think what's really going to be nice is, you know, I'm really looking forward to sharing this with our community because yeah. I, I love to be able to meet these amazing people and 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 say, hey, have you met the amazing uh, Ernest? Like mm-hmm. she she's incredible. This is what she's doing. This is why it matters. And yeah. so let me ask you something. One last thing, okay? Before you yeah, go, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I did you enjoy doing this? I love podcasts. I guess I feel like people pull out different parts of the story every time, so I love it. <laughs> That's great, and we like capturing your story. So, uh, last thoughts. Before I let you go, uh, anything that you want to say to our audience, like maybe about entrepreneurship or whatever, depending on where they are in their healthcare journey? 
Yeah. So I would say that if, even if you plan to stay at your job full time, there's still so many options and opportunities to get into entrepreneurship as a side hustle or as something you can do when you retire or just something that essentially fuels your passion and it doesn't have to be healthcare related. So many people who are in healthcare are multi-talented, multifaceted, and they bring so much value to other people in other industries. And so don't feel pigeonholed to having to start a healthcare business. There's so many other ideas that you can pursue. If you're an artist, be Come an artist, right? Still start a business to protect your business and to protect your art and make sure everything is legal and legit, but don't keep yourself pigeonholed in this one industry just because that's what you do every day. That's your career path. That's that's an option. That's a job. But if you really have other passions, go after it. It's worth it. Like literally, I woke up one day and said, if I die of COVID tomorrow, would I be happy? And I said, no. And the next day I started back on the mission to fulfilling my own dreams. And I'm so much happier for it. And I definitely want that for as many people as, you know, who want that for themselves. Yeah. And you know, firsthand, cause you did it mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And that's, what's really powerful because you can really share that personal story and you can prove it to them and yeah. they'll see it in your actions. Mm-hmm. And it'll be like, you know, it, it, like I leave this, I'm, I'm going to be leaving this podcast going, okay, I can learn a lot from Anise. Right? <laughs> I want to stay in touch with this incredible human being because mm-hmm. I feel, you know, I always tell people that if you're stuck in that that world and it's hard for you to do something, mm-hmm. the lowest hanging fruit is to look at your social circle. Yes. That's the first thing you should do. Mm-hmm. And, and just say, are these people bringing value to my world? Mm-hmm. Like when I talk about an idea like we're talking about, do they go, oh my God, you got this. You can so do this. You're awesome. You're amazing. Just mm-hmm. run with this. Let me know how I can help you. Or that they say things like, oh, are you kidding? You're not smart enough, talented mm-hmm. enough, incredible enough, educated enough. You're not awesome enough. You're not all this other nonsense. Mm-hmm. Because there's really no difference between people that are so-called famous and us. There's no difference, really. Mm-hmm. Right? They're all people. They all feel mm-hmm. joy the same way, pain the same way, everything. Mm-hmm. And so I just tell people, how badly do you want it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And are you willing to fight for it? Mm-hmm. So... Ernest, you, you you build me up and I love it. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm so, so glad we connected and so happy to be here. Yeah. You know, I, I want to thank you so much for joining our podcast. I know you're very, very busy yeah. and, um, you know, but uh, it, it's been lovely and, and getting to know more about what you're doing and why you're so passionate about it. Mm-hmm. It's truly beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for oh. having me. It was my pleasure. We'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. Take care. All right. Bye.